The kids are all right. Brett Beatty is tearing the cover off the ball. Francisco Alvarez is hitting the ball. The Mets get Max Scherzer back this week, and the Mets get the debut of Justin Verlander in orange and blue. While they lost the series to the Braves, Monday night's big win should carry over into a series against the Tigers in Detroit, where they got Lucchese, Scherzer, Verlander going, and a chance to get this thing back in the right direction against some lousy teams. We'll talk about the hot young bats of Beatty and Alvarez as they get going with the guy who's covered them since they were just little babies in the minor leagues. That's Joe DeMeo of the Mets pod. He's going to join me as we look ahead to a big week in Mets land. It's all coming up next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks, it's out of here. We got you. And he lines that one down the left field line. That's going to be in the corner. Around third and scoring is Vogelback. Ken is going to try to score. There'll be no relay throw. The Mets go back in front. Francisco Alvarez with a two-run double, and it's 4-3 to three, New York. McNeil cracks one to deep right field. Going back Hilliard at the wall. It up right near home plate. Alvarez is backpedaling, makes the catch, and the ball game is over. Welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. I am your host, the pod father, Jake Brown. Those highlights you heard, courtesy of SNY. It's me solo today. Figgy will be on Thursday's show, which is a big one. We saved him for the post-Justin Verlander debut show. We'll have Figgy break that down on Thursday. That is a big episode as we get the long-awaited Mets debut, a future Hall of Famer, former Cy Young winner last year, Justin Verlander. Can't wait to see him on the mound. Well, this show, we have my good friend and co-host of the Mets pod with SNY, he knows everything Mets minors, Mets majors, but he's you know covered a lot of these guys like Beatty and Alvarez who are hot right now. Joe DeMeo will join me in just a few minutes here on Amazing But True. And the Mets avoid getting swept. They really lost one and a half games out of three. You know how Twitter goes and the negativity goes. And I got to remind people, touch some grass. Live a little. It's May 2nd. The Mets are over 500. 
They're hanging afloat. I know they're not world beaters right now. I know there's some struggles. The middle relief is a reason for concern. They suck right now. But Scherzer's back this week from his suspension. Verlander debuts this week. As much as Mets fans say they hate it, Carlos Carrasco is back next week. It's a guy who was sub-4 ERA, won 15 games last year. People want to just be like, Carlos Carrasco, he sucks. Him coming back makes the Mets worse. That's just not the case. He was clearly pitching hurt. Let's see a little more Carrasco before we send him away and send him packing. It's a good problem to have where they'll have, you know, a plethora now of arms and they'll be like, all right, David Peterson, I'm just sorry. You got to go. You struggled. You got to go. Tyler McGill, you've been good. You know, through five innings, you're a good pitcher, but you might have to go to the bullpen. Joey Lucchese, you're going to have to give him a few more starts because he has been solid so far. So the Mets will have extra arms, and that's what they came into the season hoping. And Jose Quintana is going to be back, you know, either in June or July, we expect. So this is a good problem to have because you're going to need one of the one or two of those arms to fill in that void in a bullpen that has struggled. And luckily, David Robertson, his .6 ERA, has been incredible. Two innings for the save on Monday in game two, and I like that Buck did that. He shut the door with his best reliever. You know, now he won't pitch Tuesday. You give him a day. Maybe he's back uh, for Wednesday in Detroit as the Mets take on the Tigers this week in Verlander and Scherzer's old home, and they'll pitch back-to-back Tuesday, Lucchese, 6.40 p.m. Wednesday, Scherzer, 6.40 p.m. Verlander's debut Thursday at 1.10 p.m. And we'll record the next episode, me and Figgy of Amazing But True, after that 1.10 p.m. game on Thursday. One of these guys goes to the bullpen. That is fine. But my God, there are Mets fans in game one on Monday ready to send the season packing who said this team sucked. Billy Epler didn't do it. I agree. They probably could have got another reliever. But when you lose Edwin Diaz out of nowhere right before the season, it puts you in a bad spot. It's not like there's just relievers hanging out there who are going to save you. There just isn't. And when you lose Brooks Raley here, he's going to be out. And I know he hasn't been incredible thus far, but he's a key piece of the bullpen. He was one of their key acquisitions for this bullpen in the offseason. And when he goes down now, that puts you in a tough spot. And Jeff Brigham finally gives up runs Monday. You know, he's come back down to earth. You know, you're expecting him to be good. But, you know, without Rayleigh, without Diaz, it's, you know, you don't want to make excuses here. But there's guys you're relying on who have not been out there. And you're going to lose games when that happens. Teams lose games. 90-plus win teams lose 70 times. So the Mets are 16-13. and They're three games back of the Braves. I'm not ready to say they were completely outclassed in this series. They fought back money. When Denny Reyes is your starter for game one, you knew one, don't bet on that game. (laughs) Don't bet on the Mets that game. Stay away from that game. But you also knew that they were likely to lose, and they fought back. They made it a game. It became 9-8 on Eduardo Escobar Homer, who's realizing, you know, his chances are continuing to get limited and limited and limited. And he will become a full-time bench bat because Brett Beatty homered off a lefty, which we wanted to see him hit off lefties. He did that, and he is just hot, folks. Brett Beatty is scorching hot. He's up to 333 now, 13 for 39, two homers, four RBIs. And Brett Beatty's going to be playing every day. So it's no longer he's sitting versus lefties, play Escobar. There's going to be situations that happens just because he needs a breather and you get Escobar out there. Brett Beatty's your full-time third baseman. And Francisco Alvarez... You know, a lot of delusional fans were ready to send him packing after five games. 
People got to realize it takes patience with the youth. It takes patience at a baseball season. And it's time for you to be patient. This team's going to be fine. And they got a big week ahead where you got to beat up on these lousy teams. Go win five out of six against the Tigers and then coming home against the Rockies, who are 9-20, and 20, entering the day on Tuesday. Go win these games against bad teams, 10-17 and 17 of the Tigers, entering Tuesday. Two terrible teams. The worst you should do here is 4-2. But with the pitching, how the lineups match up, I mean, I think the Mets should sweep the Tigers and then at least take two out of three from the Rockies. You got I think you got to go 5-1 here. You know, it's not must-wins. It's not you have to or the season's over. But beat the teams on the schedule that you should and go 5-1 here, and I'll be pretty confident about this team. But Francisco Alvarez is hitting now, folks. Francisco Alvarez has come alive, and that is a reason to get excited. You know, his defensive work has been better, and he's hitting a clutch go-ahead two-run double in game two when the Mets needed at most two outs, sixth inning, down a run after McGill, you know, gave up the lead, and I'm perfectly fine with Buck leaving him in there because I'd rather McGill, honestly, than Drew Smith. I know I keep hating on Drew Smith, and he did a good job when he did come in. But I was fine with that decision to leave McGill in with the bases loaded. Let him get that one more guy. He just did. It was the right move. Tough result. Mets end up winning the game. That's something you can't overlook when talking about this team thus far. There's been resiliency. Comebacks, you know, attempts at comebacks, getting the game close. And that stuff will be fixed here. And you got to factor in. Once these starters are now back, Scherzer, Verlander, you know, Verlander, first one or two, you're probably going to get five innings, maybe six. We get it. You got to stretch them out. You know, this is kind of a, another spring training for him now. He only had the one rehab start. But when things get going, you need seven out of those guys, sometimes eight. And that's going to be the savior here. Senga, you need to get a little bit more out of him. You know, you need these guys to get into the seventh inning. And once that happens, you're in better shape because then you got your Adovino, you got your Robertson, you got your Drew Smith, you got a little bring them. That's when things will get going, when these starters are out there and good. People are like jumping off a bridge when they have – Denny Reyes and Jose Buto out there. You know, I had a lot of Denny's at Hofstra. The $2 pancakes, they hit different. You know, late night little Denny special was was great when you're a broke college kid. But that's when you're a broke college kid. This is the big leagues. No offense to Denny Reyes. Denny Reyes should not be starting a game for the Mets the rest of the season. And, you know, it was a tough spot. Friday they played five innings. It was a, it was a clown show. It was buffoonery. That game should have never been played. But you get it. You didn't want to have two doubleheaders in August. You understand that. You know, maybe next time schedule the four game series in August when you know the weather's going to be good and not in April. It's just frustrating that one of your seven games against the Braves at home is shortened in five innings and they probably lose the game anyway. It was free versus Peterson. Peterson struggled, but that weather sucked. It was pouring during the game. They got it in, but it sucks that one of the seven games against your division rival in this new schedule this year is rain shortened. It sucks that, that how, that's how it worked out, but it's over with now. I mean, you're not going to lose sleep over. It's done. It's over with. Mets lose Friday, they lose game one Monday, they win game two. Well, they go to Detroit, and don't panic. All is just going to be okay, Mets fans. And let's see them beat these bad teams and stop the panic. But it's good to see your youth in Alvarez hitting now and Beatty hitting everyone now. McNeil with a nice homer on Monday in game two. Pete had the homer Monday. He needed that, getting out of his little schneid. And, uh, yeah, Nimmo's being Nimmo. I mean, defensively, he just continues to wonder – Continues to amaze. Brandon Nimmo should be up for a gold glove the way he's playing defense this season. And while I always wasn't the best, biggest Brandon Nimmo fan and lover, I'm all in now. I mean, he is just fantastic at the plate. 
He's a little bit better on the base pass, and he's just fantastic defensively. He has been a key part of this Mets team, the heart and soul of this Mets team at the top of the order. Once Starling Marte gets going here, this line will be cooking. Lindor's driving in plenty of runs. I mean, you want to see his average go up, but he's driving in plenty of runs. Pete's driving in the runs. Bottom of the order is hitting. Vogel back's been better. And when the lineup's coming together, the rotation is now healthy. That should help out this bullpen. But, you know, eventually they're going to have to get a reliever. They're going to have to get an elite reliever. It's going to take trading a prospect. You're not going to trade Alvarez Beatty, hopefully not Mauricio, but maybe it takes trading a Vientos to get, you know, an elite setup man to help Adovino and Robertson because there's a lot of pressure on those guys. If one of them starts to falter, the Mets are royally screwed. So luckily they've been great, but eventually they're going to give up runs. So they're going to have to get help eventually. Well, beat the teams you should this week and all should be fine. And Mets land. We'll talk about these young guys. We'll talk about why Mets fans shouldn't panic outside. Maybe the middle relief with a guy who covers the Mets and hosts a Mets pod himself. He hosts the Mets pod. They got creative with the naming with Connor Rogers with us. And why our buddy Joe DeMeo joins amazing, but true next. He's been a sponge. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, amazing, but true. Jake Brown here. A little Mets crossover pod here on this part of the show as we bring in my buddy Joe DeMeo. It's always funny. It's like the fifth inning. It's a rally, bases loaded, and Gary's got – they give him the read. He gets the read. I think it's almost the same time every time. He hosts the Mets pod with uh, the wonderful hair of Connor Rogers with SNY. And as you know, the post and SNY, we have a little digital partnership. So – it's good to partner up here with Joe DeMeo. Joe, welcome to the show. And uh, how does it feel to have Gary Cohen call your name uh, at the same time every game? Once that gets old, I'm just going to retire from the game. So when, once that gets old, I mean, growing up a Mets fan, obviously like you, uh, whole life watching Gary since 18 years ago. Uh, if you told me that there would be a time that almost every game or every few games, whatever the case may be, Gary Cohen would say my name live on television. Uh, I don't think I'd believe you. Or when he does, the, he did like the bit, I guess when Keith was on and Keith forgot that he was on and he was like, Keith, you were on that show. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that I mean, that's Keith for you, right? And uh, Gelb's got after him a little bit, too, which was which was uh, really funny for us. But yeah, I mean, we've had we've had uh, Gelb's, we've had Keith and having Gary like that's another uh, pinch pinch me moment, having guys like that on the show that we've watched for so long. Yeah, that's always special talking to the guys you grew up with. We've done it here, and uh, it's uh, it never gets old. Well, let's talk about this team. There's obviously the negativity amongst Twitter, and you know, in as there always is, Joe. 
in my mind, what I'm negative about is the bullpen. I'm concerned with the middle relief. I'm not really concerned about the lineup. I'm excited to see Verlander and Scherzer this week together, finally, just like the old days and just like the old days in Detroit. As they pitch in Detroit, you'd love to see how that worked out with the schedule. Are you in the same state of panic about the bullpen? What what are you panicking about this team early on here? I'm not a panic guy by nature, but if there was a thing I was most concerned about, it definitely would be the middle relief. Uh, Obviously, when Edwin Diaz went down, that meant everyone else had to push up a role. And David Robertson, so far, has held down the ninth inning and save opportunities very well. Adam Adovino has been fine. Drew Smith's been largely fine. But then after that, it's been a lot of hit and miss at best. And a lot of that is injury related, right? With Diaz being hurt, that, like I said, shifts everyone else up. And you have guys like Bryce Montez de Oca had Tommy John, who I had hopes for, out for the year. Sam Coonrod uh, had a, I think, a high-grade lat strain. So he's going to be out a while. Uh, and Steven Ridings, who they picked up from the Yankees, hasn't thrown a ball in a Mets uniform in the minors, majors, nothing yet. So, They've been hurt a lot, and they're trying to make the most out of the likes of Jeff Brigham. And um, now Zach Muckenhern got the call, who was pitching really well in AAA Syracuse. Uh, And and the injuries to rotation that you mentioned with Verlander now coming back and Scherzer coming off the suspension, and it it sounds like uh, Cookie Carrasco is on the mend. Those guys being hurt also hurt the ability if you wanted to be flexible with a Tyler McGill or wanted to be flexible with a Joey Lucchese and put them in the bullpen. You simply couldn't afford to because the Mets were down almost their whole rotation. So all things considered, uh, I think Mets fans should be generally happy with how this team has performed, considering it's Denny Reyes, it's Jose Buto, it's uh, Joey Lucchese, and the offense hasn't gotten like fully intact yet. Stalling Marte is not performing quite like we would expect them to. Lindor's been a little up and down. Uh, but I feel good about where they're at. But just like you, Jake, the middle relief is a concern. Yeah, what do you do here? Buck Showalter, your Billy Epler, when Carrasco's back, and I know Mets fans will say that's a net negative, but they forget that the guy pitched to a sub-4 ERA, won 15 games last year as a veteran. The clubhouse loves him, good clubhouse guy. I think, you know, that injury could contribute to some of the rough starts early on. Some of these people forget that some guys get hurt and no one knows about it until a week or two later, and that could have been a reason. So I'd like to see... At least, you know, four or five more starts from Carrasco because he'll give you a good six innings, three runs, and I think that's what this rotation needs. But he's in there, Verlander, Scherzer, Senga. What do you do? Do you like McGill out of the bullpen and you leave Lucchese in the rotation? Um, We expect Peterson to probably be sent down, but how do you work that fifth spot when Carrasco's back? It's going to be very interesting, right? I think McGill has shown through five innings, he's good. It seems like the sixth inning has really bit him the couple of times he's gotten to the sixth inning. Um, obviously, that happened on on Monday's game. He was cruising, and I was at the doubleheader, so I was just chilling, and McGill was going, and sixth inning came around, and obviously, he got, he got beat up then. So I've always thought long-term Tyler McGill is a bullpen piece, but – I mean, given the status of this rotation, it's it's going to be a really hard uh, line to tell because if you move these him or Lucchese into a relief role, do you have to stretch them back out if another starter gets hurt in a month or two from now? Um, so it's going to be a tough line to tell. But where I stand right now, I really like what Joey Lucchese has shown. It's only two starts. So let's see how he pitches in Detroit. But if Joey Lucchese shows out again in Detroit. I think it'd be you'd be hard pressed to take him out of the rotation, at least in the interim. Uh, but with 
Peterson and McGill and even Lucchese, they all have minor league options too. So if you keep Lucchese in temporarily and he gets shelled to start or two, you could send him down and bring McGill or Peterson if he figures stuff out in AAA back up. So it's going to be interesting. I don't think the plan would be right now to shift any of them to the bullpen quite yet, but maybe that's something we uh, look at here in the next couple months. Yeah, it's a tough call because McGill, like you said, five innings, great. After that is not. And Lucchese brings an interesting element with the slurve or the churve, as I should say. I know I had to get corrected on Twitter for for saying slurve and a churve. He brings that interesting element, but does that work in like a one-inning spot? Like Lucchese's never really been a reliever where McGill at one point, you know, did attempt. You know, he was trying to be a reliever when the Mets need him to be. So that's going to be, I mean, it's not a bad problem to have, and there's always more injuries that come down the road. And then you got to factor in Jose Quintana on his way back, probably, you know, by the all-star break, what they do then, because then you're going to have a couple of guys get sent down. You're going to get a couple of guys unhappy, but that's something to revisit down the road. But I mean, you got to be like me, kind of excited here to see Verlander, Scherzer, Sanga. Like this was the big three. This is what we envisioned you know, a playoff scenario of game one, two, and three. We're getting our first taste of it this week. And, you know, I think Mets fans early on have negative feelings about Verlander because he gets hurt two hours for opening day. But now I think the excitement is kicking in. And now we can see what these guys have. We could, you know, put away the fact that these guys are 40 years old and let's see what they got in Mets uniform. I think that's something here this week in Detroit to look forward to. I think that's really exciting. It still hasn't set in that Justin Verlander's a Met because he really hasn't been a Met yet. He We've only seen some, Kate Upton yeah. as a Met. We haven't seen exactly. Justin Verlander as a Met. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm really excited. I think, I mean, signing Justin Verlander is, that was the answer to letting Jacob deGrom walk. deGrom obviously uh, has his injury going on with Texas, but when they let him go, the answer was, all right, well, you had the, the two ace thing. How are you going to rebound? And they waited no more than a couple days to lock in Verlander. And uh, I, I do think the injury that he was dealing with, I think they were just overly cautious given his age, given where we, where the Mets are at the season, as much as guys like you and me and the people listening to the show live and die by every single day and every single pitch, the Mets do not and cannot operate that way. So for them, I, I think if it were a pennant race, Verlander might've missed like a start or maybe two starts at most. Instead, they gave him the time, and now he's coming back. He looked great. His stuff looked very normal down in Binghamton in his rehab. He was up to 95, 96. So I think he's good to go, and I can't wait to see him pitch a game in a Mets jersey. And City Field, Once I think his first start at City Field will be electric. And I think that lines up. like He's going to start like two or three straight on the road before he even starts at City Field if the rotation continues to line up as, as it is. But I can't wait to see him at City and certainly can't wait to see him this week in Detroit. Yeah, I think it would line up. It looks like I, I would think against the Guardians that weekend of May 19th. I don't know if I'm doing the math right, but I think around that time. So I'm sure that'll be a packed house. Excited to see that. Joe DeMeo, PSL to Flushing, the Mets pod, joining us here on Amazing But True for a few more minutes. Uh, you know, is it like seeing your children grow up, seeing Alvarez, you're, you know, seeing Beatty, you, you know, covered the minors for so long. You don't have kids. I'm pretty sure. Right. You don't have children. I do not. So, I do not. So yeah. Is it like, it's, is it like these are seeing your babies kind of grow up and grow old and now hitting? I mean, everyone after five games wanted to send Alvarez back down and say he's not ready. Now he's hitting the ball and Brett Beatty's just tearing the cover off the ball. And a homer off a lefty. Fans are worried this guy can't hit lefties. Well, it looks like he's hitting lefties, righties, in between, and everyone right now. 
Uh, this has got to be like seeing uh, your children just, you know, have their bar mitzvah. I love it, man. It's it's one of the my favorite things that I do because, you know, we, we talk to these guys throughout their whole path. Like I talked to Brett Beatty two weeks after he was drafted. Uh, I talked to Alvarez when he was in double A last year. So like just getting to know these guys throughout and then seeing them actually like come through and be able to live their dream. And, and so often over the last handful of years, the Mets have just traded away prospect after prospect small deal, big deal, didn't matter. They were trading prospects away uh, and they've, they've held firm on some of these top guys. And I think, think it's finally starting to pay off with Beatty who, you know, I said it when I wrote on SNY.TV, I said it on the Mets pod. I tweeted about it as much as I could. Brett Beatty should have been the opening day third baseman. He wasn't, it kind of is what it is, but he's here now. And two bucks credit where we have kind of criticized him for not playing Alvarez enough. He's throwing Brett Beatty out there every day. And Brett's showing that he's he's worthy of it. Like you said, hitting lefties, the 430-foot home run, 108 miles an hour exit velocity. Brett Beatty is just a hitter. He's been a hitter since he was back at Lake Travis High School when he was playing football with Jets receiver Garrett Wilson. But he's been he's been a hitter even dating back to then. So him hitting is not surprising. And he's made uh, some great growth defensively where I don't think I don't think he's ever winning a gold glove at third base. But I think there was a perception with both Beatty and Alvarez that defense was going to be this significant hindrance to them. And they both look fine. And especially Alvarez, a guy that in the offseason, I had people ask me, is he a big league catcher at all or is he a DH? As of this recording here on Tuesday, he's in the 92nd percentile in baseball and pitch framing. So not only is he, and he's got a strong arm, he's got to work on a, a bit of his pop time, uh, you know, getting it out quicker, but he has a very strong arm. To me, he looks comfortable. He's blocking balls in the dirt pretty well. Seems like he has a good rapport with the pitchers. So I've been pleasantly surprised with Alvarez behind the plate. And now you're seeing the bat start to pick up. He's hitting the ball hard. Finally, he's working a little better at bats. I do think consistent playing time will be big for him because I think he put a little more pressure on himself when Nito was playing two out of every three or three of every four and Alvarez was kind of subbing in. He felt like he had to hit three home runs that day because that was the only day he was going to play for a few. So I think Buck is going to get him more and more in the lineup. And now he's hitting, I think, 360 over his last seven games. And like you said, Beatty's raking. But I absolutely love seeing the young kids. And and there's more to come, man. This The system is trending in the right direction maybe not so much imminently uh, maybe Mauricio and Vientos if you want to talk about them we can but uh there's there's definitely more prospects to come and the Mets are focused on improving that system yeah this is why we bring Joe DeMeo on you know my Hofstra education doesn't cover framing statistics around uh the big leagues it, it's good for broadcasting not great for numbers my mom would not be that proud as a math teacher the bullpen and you talk about the guys in the minors is there a fix you know Jeff Brigham gave up some runs on Monday, he's looked mostly good, but, you know, he's not perfect. Is there a fix in the minors? Because they're not going to be able to make a trade realistic probably till July, and they're going to have to make a trade. I mean, that's a must. You're going to get Quintana back. You're going to hope for Diaz in October. But this patchwork middle relief to to get the ball to David Robertson and Adam Adovino, and especially Robertson, has been absolutely incredible for this team. It's been a godsend. Is there someone in the minors to, uh, you know, fill the void right now for the next six to eight weeks? I mean, I, I look at this like you're going to have to be shuffling these middle relievers back and forth and try to ride like a week or two hot stretch at a time. There is one arm in AAA Syracuse that I think is war uh, warranted to keep an eye on, and it's Grant Hartwig. 
Uh, so he was an undrafted free agent by the Mets. So 2021 draft, because last year was his first year in the minors. And he actually was almost going to quit baseball. So he, fin- he finished college at Miami of Ohio. He didn't get drafted. So he just assumed his baseball journey was over. He was going to like continue on to like try to get like his doctorate or something. Super smart guy. And the Mets called and he was like, well, I'll give this a shot. And last year he pitched at every level of the Mets minors started in low A St. Lucie, got to Brooklyn, got to Binghamton, even got to Syracuse at the end of the year, all within his first pro season. And he's pitching very well through eight uh, outings so far in AAA Syracuse. So I think Grant Hartwig, someone to keep an eye on. He's a sinker slider guy up to 96 or so, uh, get some swings and misses. I believe he has 14 strikeouts in nine innings or something like that. So he can get some swings and misses and he's probably it. Otherwise, I mean, Eric Orsi is a decent story, but he's been up and down for AAA Syracuse. And they called up Zach Muckenhern yesterday, who was pitching very well down there. But there's not a ton of answers. It's a lot of Jeff Brigham's and John Curtis's and, and guys of that ilk. And they're just gonna have to shuffle them up and down and just try to cobble together little mini streaks out of them until, like you said, we get maybe closer to the deadline and they'll have to be aggressive um, in adding to the bullpen. Yeah, this is going to be a prove it, you know, trade deadline for Billy Epler. I mean, if the if he doesn't do anything major and, you know, the Mets don't, you know, aren't in the World Series, I think Epler should be on the hot seat because he did not have a great deadline last year. Obviously, we point to the Darren Ruff trade, which looks like a colossal failure. Grant Hardwick, who sounds like the 16th president of the United States with that name, um, 14 strikeouts and 12 innings thus far. Yeah. What what about Muckinghern? Because he is a lefty. Yeah. It, does he have any potential? I know nothing about him. Uh, he was a minor league invite to spring training, so he's not like a young Mets prospect or anything. And he's just pitched well. And I mean, they need a lefty because Brooks Raley's on the IL, and he was kind of next up on the lefty depth chart. He's Kind of your pitchability lefty is not big power stuff. And, uh, you know, hopefully he could come out and just get some lefties out here for a little bit until Rayleigh's able to come back. You mentioned Mauricio and Vientos. You know, fans, again, clamoring for at least Vientos because they've seen him rake in the minors. They've seen him, you know, rake in spring training. But there's not really a spot for them, I don't feel like. Do you see either or one or the other or both coming up at any point this season for the Mets? I assume if Vientos will eventually find his way up. He's on the 40-man roster. He's performing OPS well over 1,000. Uh, so, like, he he's probably big league ready offensively, but where does he fit on this roster right now? Like, Really just a I DH, mean, right? Like, yeah, he's pretty much a first-base DH at this point, and that's okay. Like, he could be that right-handed type of DH, but are you – I mean, the Mets aren't going to like cut ties with Tommy Pham and pay him $6 million to go away to call up Mark Vientos. Uh, So I don't know if that fit is imminent, but like you said earlier on in the show, Jake, there's injuries. There's going to be things that happen. Mark Vientos will find his way to Queens this year. As far as Ronnie Mauricio goes, they're finally letting him play somewhere other than shortstop. Uh, This is something they should have done probably last year. I've been calling for it for quite some time, uh, but Alas, they finally done it. He's gotten some reps at second base. I believe they have plans for him to get some reps at third, some reps in left, and they're going to kind of figure out where he best fits defensively because for transparency, I was kind of always the low guy on Ronnie Mauricio because I'm a big believer in plate discipline and seeing pitches and working good at bats because the power got there last year. He hit 24, 26 home runs for double-A Binghamton uh, last year. Cause he's finally growing into his body. He's upward. He's six, three upwards of two twenty now. Like he's, he's a big, strong kid and 
His problem was he would chase everything. And when you chase everything, you don't get the pitches to hit. Now, so far this year in AAA Syracuse, he's he's drawing a few walks. Walks won't generally be a big part of his game, but he's being a little more selective where he is letting some pitches go in the dirt. He's letting some pitches high go. And now you're seeing when those pitches are in the middle, he's doing damage to them. So that's that's what we need to see from Mauricio. I don't know if, if you'll see him this year or not, but uh, they're in process of figuring out his long-term defensive home. And uh, so far... He's off to a fantastic start, and it might be one of those things that I ended up too low on Ronnie Mauricio. Yeah, it's going to be interesting where they put him. If he does make the call up here, it's going to be interesting to see if they keep him. You you would expect to keep him, but to get these relievers or to to get a you know someone at the trade deadline, one of these prospects is going. Hopefully it's not Vientos or Mauricio, but at some point you're going to have to trade someone. And you know, the immediate thought would be McNeil to left, you know, Canna's off the books after this year. And then uh, you play Mauricio at second. That's the thought. And then you got Mauricio, Lindor, Alonzo, Beatty, and Alvarez. And you're drooling at the thought of that because on paper, it looks like the future is bright here in Mets land. And the future is bright here in Mets podcast land. Joe DeMeo, follow him on Twitter at PSL2Flushing and check out the Mets pod he does with Connor Rogers and you have decent hair, but do you ever look at his hair and be like, I just don't compare. Yeah, it's not fair, but uh, yeah, Connor, Connor's a stud and um, everything he does right now, it's super happy for him. I mean, everything doing with NBC in the draft and obviously the Mets pod, uh, we have such a blast doing that. It's, you know, it was a, a venture that started over kind of Twitter DMs. I followed Connor for NFL draft stuff. He followed me for Mets stuff. We didn't know each other. I would DM him NFL draft questions. He would DM me Mets questions. And then one day he was like, we should do a Mets podcast. And lo and behold, we started um, That's So Mets, which was our, our own our own thing. And we did, ironically, 86 episodes of it before SNY picked us up and we formed the Mets pod. And we're in year two of that. And uh, yeah, it, it, we couldn't be having a better time. And I love working with Connor. Listen, you did 86. Have you hit episode 69 to make it the 6986 yeah. <laughs> duo here these two pods yeah i don't even know what episode we're on to be honest with you our producer jeff keeps track of that i just i just show up every tuesday because uh that's when we do the show every tuesday or wednesday kind of we we try to work it around the mets schedule as best we could um but every tuesday or wednesday uh check out the mets pod wherever you get your podcasts and and our producer jeff is the guy that keeps track of episode numbers i show up i turn on this little camera plug in this mic and just uh, spew my nonsense about the mets I just have two fancy photos behind you, you know, of, yeah. uh, I'm trying to see. That's Michael Scott over my that's right Michael shoulder. Scott, yeah. And then and who's, what's ra- the other one? That's some random baseball player. I had Roger Federer, I had Roger Federer up there, but for some reason that was uh, frowned upon. So uh, Roger Federer came down and baseball person went up. Yeah, it's good to have a baseball. Player. I was just trying to see if who the swing was, was it like Mike Piazza or something, but it's just a random uh, yeah. player swing. So. Yeah, just some random dude that probably hit a nuke. Yeah, well, that's what Brett Beatty's doing. That's what the young guys yes, are doing right now. And Joe DeMeo has been all over them since uh, since they were born in, in a minor league land. And follow him on Twitter at PSL to Flushing. Joe, we'll do it again soon. And thanks for coming on Amazing But True. Anytime, Jake. We'll talk soon. I think I'm I think I'm ready to go. And I think uh, I think talking to the staff, I think we're ready for the, for the next step. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Alrighty, great stuff there from my buddy Joe DeMeo, who's locked in all over the minors and all Mets coverage with the Mets pod. That says goodnight to episode 141 of the Maze True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Andrew Hartz, for producing the show, as always, with me. Make sure you watch this show on the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Give us that thumbs up and comment below. Are you worried about the Mets? Like, what do you think here? What do you th- well, How are you feeling, Mets fans? Let me know in the comments and tweet us at AmazingButTrue and tweet me at Jake Brown Radio. If you're an audio person, give us that five-star rating, please. Write in a positive review. We appreciate your support. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts is where you get us. And you can follow Joe DeMeo. Thanks for him for coming on at PSL to Flushing. Well, Mets go to Detroit this week. I am pumped to see Justin Verlander, man. I want to see this guy get a good 20 to 25 starts here. I'd love to see him go the rest of the way. And I want to see him dominate because when this guy is on, there's going to be outings. He can give you nine innings and you don't have to worry about the bullpen. That's one out of every five days. You get, say, seven and, you know, sometimes eight innings. And then he's just handed off to Robertson. That's what can save this team is the starting pitching. And they got three great ones, two elite ones. And one we think great one is Senga. And then good other pieces. Carrasco, I think, is going to you know come around and be fine now. I think the IL trip will help him. You know, he was clearly hurt before that. Like, there was clearly something off. And if he doesn't, you got Lucchese pitching well. you got McGill pitching at least well five innings. Um, and then you got, eventually, Quintana coming. So this team will be okay. Hang a flow and beat the teams you should. And they should be fine. Six games. Homestead. Six out of seven they played. I didn't go to one of them. I mean, I'm having withdrawals. I got to, like, scratch myself right now. Like, like what the hell? I went a whole week not going to a Met game. But the weather was just cold. There was Knicks going on, Rangers going on. Now the Rangers are over. That opens up a little bit of the schedule. What a colossal failure that was. You could hear on the Up in the Blue Seats podcast. But Rangers is done, and now it's Knicks and it's Mets, baby. For Joe DeMeo, Andrew Hart, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Thursday night with Nelson Figueroa after Justin Verlander's season debut. Can't wait to talk about that and see that. Enjoy the games in Detroit, folks, and we'll talk to you Thursday night right here on Amazing But True. Let's go Mets. Well, that was baseball, Susan.